Sometimes it's nice to hear about people's journeys in the sports world. We've developed this podcast to host folks who've experienced life through that lens to let them share their stories. So grab your favorite beverage and join us for Stories in Sports in the Coffee Pod. So we're here with Jacorian Duffield. Say that right, right? Yep, Jacorian yeah. Duffield. Uh, who is currently uh, basically training for world championships and things like that, mm-hmm. maybe potentially the Olympics. Yeah, in 2020. That's it, the big goal. That's the big goal Yeah. for the high jump. Mm-hmm. Former Texas Tech student, master's degree, and an undergrad degree at Texas Tech. At Texas Tech. And what did you get your undergrad in? Uh, CFAS, Community Family and Addiction Studies. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like counseling. Uh, I think before uh, I kind of really just took off in high jump, I really wanted to do the counseling route, and I really didn't know the graduate work you had to do to become a counselor. So once I realized that it most likely would track, it was going to be like probably four years minimum, I was just like, nah. I think I'm going to go something else, go another route. So my second passion is definitely kind of inspiring people and um, getting, really I want to get, my main focus is getting people to college. So my my ultimate goal is to be athletic director of a high school. I know I'll probably coach a little bit, but I want to be more of like, my goal is going to be how many scholarships I can get before, you know, my time is done and things like that. Definitely. Um <coughs> So it actually almost kind of sounds like it might even have been your original first passion, right? I mean, like yeah. before you knew that high jump was going to be so successful, you wanted to help people. Um, was it specifically to overcome things like addiction or just kind of just kind of better their lives in general? Um, just everything. I mean, there's just so many things. And me coming from a military family, kind of understanding the, the PTSD uh, kind of, I guess, realm. Haven't not not firsthand, but you know I've heard a lot about right. it. Um, it's just so many things in the U.S. that I, people really struggle from, and so um, that was kind of for me was one of the passion kind of coming in, and then um, once I found a degree plan for it, I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. And so I, I've always been I've always been like I said, talk to my mom. I always like to motivate people. I always want to give people like the benefit of the doubt or kind of find ways to like I guess a silver lining and so uh that's that's also why my passion for uh being athletic director getting the kids to college and things like that is kind of big for me yeah definitely I could I mean that sounds like a pretty good route to take too I'm a former athlete and everything mm-hmm. I mean current athlete but I mean when you get to that point you'll be a former athlete and that yeah. helps obviously uh so military family you've been all around probably uh not too much I mean I mean Yes, for I guess to the general public, I've been to. Uh, I was born in Wichita, Kansas. Lived there for seven years, and then um, went to San Antonio. And there's two bases in San Antonio, or three, but two Air Force bases. Mm-hmm. And so my dad kind of went back and forth from the two Air Force bases, Randolph and Lackland, to kind of keep us in San Antonio. And so with that, I really lived in only two places, but I went and visited Korea when my dad went there for a year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. How was Korea? Uh, it was cool. I mean, I was, uh, must have been like 10, 15. I just remember uh, that was right when, like, Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade all of them entered the draft, and we got a whole bunch of, like, jerseys made and suits and stuff like that. Because everything's cheaper out there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like it was, like, stitched and stuff like that. And then they have – oh, Julie didn't really touch it, but they had, like, um, the Air Force Ones. Those were big back then. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of big now, but they were big back then. So you could get them, like, customized and, like, pick your own colors and things like that. But – you just never want to bring back fake shoes. To America, so. yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I haven't been out to Korea, but I've heard great things in that regard. It's kind of just different, totally different atmosphere. And they, for whatever reason, uh, cost of material like that is a lot cheaper. Yeah. And suits and things like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I think it's in uh, overseas in general because I know when I, went, um, when I went to China, or maybe it could be that part of the country, but... Um, when I went to China, same thing for World Championships. Uh, we were getting suits made like 
$120 and like take your measurements do you want it extremely tight fitted or do you want it kind of loose and then come back a day later suits made like I was no getting way. getting like shirts like pick the material out do the same thing how do you want it oh I want this one this is going to be more like a suit so it can be a little looser oh, I want this one tighter alright 20 $25 everything was bargained so bargain down $20 um, a shirt and then come back next day and they're ready where was that? In uh, in Beijing, in China. It was, it's their um, flea market. It's called the Silk Market. I got to get out there. Yeah. Oh, no, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> like, you can make... Uh, I was saying that everyone needs to go to China because, um, like, if you want a Christmas shop, like, they have, like, like the like PS... Well, I don't know if they had PS4s, but I remember that they had, like, hoverboards. They had, like, uh, like headphones and then... All these type of stuff, and it's like, they're obviously the knockoff brands and things like that. But like, just for gifts for yourself, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Wow! So it's 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 pretty cool out there. Well, most likely because they're probably made from the same factory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you know, most people, it's made in China, and so we're made. In China. So I mean, if if they don't, they're not making it. They probably know someone who is. Exactly. Yeah. There's all sorts of behind the scenes, like maybe perhaps even illegal activity going on with them. <laughs> yeah. That's not our problem though. Exactly. No, no, no. As long no. as you're bringing back what less than ten thousand, yeah. I think from uh, in, for immig- well, not immigration from customs, then you're good. Then you're good. Hey, I'm, that's good. Look at this. What we're learning on this podcast, yeah. I wouldn't have ever guessed, <laughs> but I love it. Um, so you bounce back between San Antonio and Kansas. Actually, um, my brother-in-law is in the Air Force, so he's been out in San Antonio as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's done that whole thing, the training thing. In fact, he was just oh, out yeah, there. They, all, they always have, they have to go through Lackland, I think. Yeah, Everybody. Yeah. And uh, he was just out there for August, in August mm-hmm. um, doing kind of their three-week thing, nonstop type. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like he's, where you can't call anybody. Yeah, and exactly. Stuff like that. And How do you say it was? Was that? How do you say it was? He, he was fine. He's yeah. he's super even keeled. Mm-hmm. He's just like he just kind of like the go with the flow type. He's a social worker for the Air Force, mm-hmm. so he like just, I mean, he's one of those like calming personalities. Yeah. And so it's yeah he was I mean it's funny you can't really get much out of him, mm-hmm. and it's not because he's disinterested. It's just because he's just like, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, that's kind of how my brother is. Yeah. Is he in the Air Force as well? No, he's uh, he's about to graduate high school. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, like he's he's like. Real smart, just but just a natural kind of introvert. Like you, you, we're watching ESPN, both watching the same show. We're sitting together. He'll go in his room, turn it on, and watch the same show. Like, and that's just who he is. Like he just kind of likes being by himself. Yeah. Like uh, I literally call him. You know, try to call him once a week, but like probably at least twice a month. And I just literally just ask questions, ask questions, because I know as soon as I give a pause, he'd be like, all right, all right, I'm getting off the phone. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so that's yeah. just how he is. That's yeah, funny. That's funny. How many siblings do you have? Just him, just a little yeah, brother. Yeah, that's cool. Like, well, that's a tight-knit family then, I'm sure. Yeah, just the four of us. Very cool. And all right, so you hail from Wichita, essentially. I saw that. that you. So you probably went to high school out there and everything. Oh, no, no, um, no, I went to... I was seven when I moved to San Antonio. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I went to... Oh, and you moved there and stayed there? Stayed oh, there. Oh, I thought the would have been something like you might have gone back, but okay. No, I, I stayed in San Antonio and uh, went to, let's see, uh, I guess fast forward to high school, went to Judson, Converse Judson High School my freshman year. Then my dad went to Iraq my sophomore year, so, um, and we literally moved... Kind of side note, we moved across. So there's in San Antonio, there's like one, two main, I guess you can go 10, 35, and then loop 1604. We literally moved from one side of 1604 across the street, like not even not even a mile. Mm-hmm. And it was in a district like 35 minutes away. So, I, But it was I was five minutes away from Randolph Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. So I just went to, uh, went to Randolph. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have their own uh, schools for... Their own families and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Oh, hey, okay. So San Antonio, because everywhere I was looking earlier, it was all like Wichita, Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, which mm-hmm. you must be proud of, I imagine. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like being from Kansas. Kind of, the kind of, uh, um, I don't know, a Midwest type deal. But I, I really claim Texas, though. Gotcha. Really claim te- Texas, San Antonio. Well, you're certainly a Texan, no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But I mean, actually, I'm not qualified to say that because I'm not a Texan, so I don't know. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Where are you from? I'm from Utah. Oh, okay. You ever been out there? Uh, 
think the closest I've been is probably Vegas. I actually grew up in Vegas too. I was, in fact, in fact, if I wanted to say it, I could probably claim Vegas because uh-huh. I lived there. I was born there and lived there till I was eleven. Okay. Um, so I just say Utah because, like, I feel like, on like my, Utah kind of raised you. exactly. It was yeah. my formative years, yeah. you know, where I actually knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in Vegas, it was like. I know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's happening. I loved it though. You know, I come from a big family, and we all really liked Vegas a lot. But mm-hmm. it was just my dad's job. He got he got uh, they wanted him at the headquarters in Salt Lake, and so it Gosh. just worked out that way and everything. But yeah, so uh, I mean, Kansas. I guess you're probably a little bummed out then that maybe uh, that Kansas didn't quite go quite as far as we were all thinking. See, yeah, I'm not really. A... I'm a Kansas fan. I mean, I like KU, but um, I don't really have a – I really don't have a team. I mean, like I, I mess with my teammates. I'm like I'm I'm just become like a diehard Texas Tech fan. Like as soon as I graduated, uh, I think uh, grad school, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a fan of Texas Tech completely. So like with football, it's kind of like now I understand because I'm an Eagles fan, Philadelphia Eagles fan. Now I understand how it is to be a Cowboys fan like – like things are just look so positive and it's just like ah, but um, but yeah. So I've kind of like committed myself to that. But other than that, for NCAA basketball, I'm a Wichita State fan, and they get they get played every year. Like they they make a tournament, make the Sweet Sixteen, sometimes the Elite Eight, and then every year they're a ten seed. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't even it doesn't <laughs> make sense. And their coach kind of talks about it. And then they also put a lot of players in the in the NBA. So I don't know. Being from Wichita. If I'm if I'm not going for like a tech school, then I probably Wichita State. Well, hey, that's that's another good one for sure. They, uh, I mean, they made it to the Final Four as an what were they an 11 seed? Yeah, <laughs> right. That just happened like four five years ago, four yeah. or five years ago. So, yeah, and uh, um, yeah, like they had a point guard. He actually plays for the Bulls now. But yeah, yeah, I really liked him. And uh, like I said, every year they 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 always make it two rounds at least. But they're always a 10 seed. It's like mm-hmm. 10, 11, or worse. And it's like the coach is like, well, I mean, they, I mean, they've talked about it. They said they want to play big schools. Big schools won't play them. Right. Because it's kind of like that. That if we play too many big schools, then we'll give that conference like too much power if they lose in conference or something like that. So to the other opposing coaches, it's like the risk doesn't match yeah. the reward. Yeah, that's what I, that's yeah. what, at least that's what I get from it. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's like I mean, it's kind of like the the Boise State mentality for football. Exactly. Nobody really wanted to play them because they're like, what? Well, if we lose, like we lose way more than we win if we won. Because mm-hmm. if they yeah, if you lose to, to Boise State. And then Boise State gets a loss, mm-hmm. then you're out the you're out the uh, championship. Exactly. Yeah. It's Even though they honest. don't play, you know, they, they don't really have their competition level wasn't, wasn't that great. And like back when they were winning, going undefeated and stuff like that, they were every, anybody can get up for one OU game mm-hmm. and then one national championship game yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So they kind of I feel like they kind of just only had to really get up for you know and play top quality football for like two two to three games of the season yeah yeah i think that's a good point but you're texas tech through and through right now yep yep uh, <laughs> i can hear i can team. hear it in your voice you're just like yeah i mean i am but it's hard <laughs> no i am i mean and and we kind of uh joke uh my teammate or he used to be my teammate he he actually won nc's and high jump his brother jared culver is signed is uh he signed the tech for basketball. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be next year. And I told him, like, all right, uh, since he's going to be on the team, I'm getting season tickets. So, like, I'm I'm completely invested in, in Texas Tech from now on. That's awesome. That's perfect. I, I get that. I totally yeah. do. I mean, I, it's, there's a certain affinity you develop, especially when you get two degrees from a place that you're just like, These are, this is my place. This has been so good to me. You know? yeah. I gotta, yeah, exactly. I want to pay it back and everything as much as you can, literally, by buying season tickets, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're helping fund the program and everything. Um, so what led you to Tech then? I guess actually before we get there, no, we'll actually, I want to know how you got to Tech, like mm-hmm. what, what brought you here. But I also want to know like your background in high jump, like when you, when you, well, we'll get to that later. So let's I mean, actually. I could, I could kind of sum it up pretty quick. For, oh, uh, it doesn't need to be quick at all. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess we'll talk about um, what, how did I start high jump. So I started playing basketball at four, age of four. Basketball has been my sport for forever. 
<clears throat> and then um, I moved to uh, moved to our once I got to high school. Um, basketball was kind of thing. Like if you had told me freshman sophomore year that I would have made it for high jump, I told you crazy. Cause I, for one, my freshman year I jumped when I was at Converse Judson. Uh, I went like five six. Five six or five eight. It was, and they actually thought I was going to be a hurdler more than anything. And then so I went to um, Randolph my second, my second, my sophomore year, and I didn't high jump at all. Um, I hurdled, did pretty, we made it to regionals and stuff like that. And then junior year, I asked the coach like, "Hey, can you put me in high jump?" He was like, "All right." I ended up going like six two, I think. And I was like, "All right, well, I want to jump my height." Then I went like six four, but I was like stuck at six four. And then one day I went six seven. And I was like, okay. And then uh, I was like, all right. And then my parents were like, well, I think you can kind of be good at it. So in <laughs> and, and San Marcos, actually the American record holder in high jump trains, uh, has a facility in San Marcos, Charles Austin. And uh, he, my, I don't know, my family kind of found him. And, and that's a, like a stone's throw away from San Antonio. Yeah, literally. And I'm on that side. Yeah. So it's like 35 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes there. So. Um, went and trained with him and then went to state and got second at state and jumped six eight. And uh actually Bradley Atkins got third. He also goes to tech. Um, I graduated from tech. Um and then so senior year I was like, Okay, well, all right, I'm gonna take because I went six ten during the summer and I was like, All right, well I'm gonna kinda take this serious and like let's try and go seven feet. So basketball season ended terribly. Did you play in high school? Yeah, all four years. Uh and it just didn't end well, and I kind of had like kind of like a salty kind of taste in my <laughs> mouth about basketball, and like just the, I mean I like team sports, but it's just, just the team aspect was kind of frustrating for me my senior year, and then, um, so you know I was really kind of motivated for track, and then I jumped seven feet, and then uh, Charles Austin, his son Alex was a junior and he had jumped like soon as he was stuck at like six ten two and then soon as he jumped soon as I jumped seven feet he jumped seven two. So I jumped seven two then next week at the same facility but he just wasn't there. So uh so then at now I'm you know, we're leading the nation or I was for like I think twenty four hours and a guy jumped seven three. So we're number two in the nation. So now I'm going from, you know, getting small division one offers and basketball and like junior colleges and stuff like that to getting big D1 offers in A&M, Texas, Kansas State, which is a big high jump school, um, a whole bunch of schools. Pretty much anywhere jumps where I kind of wanted to go, I could either get in contact about getting scholarships, things like that. So um, the process kind of came kind of fast and the coaches – Coach, my coach asked uh, Charles Austin. He asked me like, "Where do you want to go?" And I was like, "Well, um, I don't really kind of know." Um, I knew this one girl. She had jumped six feet. She was going to Tech, but I just I still didn't know. Um, I, but I asked him. I was like, "Well, who's your coach?" And he was like, "Well, Rock Light. He coached at. Uh, um, he went to San Marcos. Um, he went to sorry Texas State." He coached there, and I was I was like, okay, well, where is he at now? He's like, he's at Texas Tech. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to Tech, like, <laughs> it's <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a big A and M fan growing up, shockingly, because I'm from my parents are from East Texas, uh, Lufkin, and okay. a lot of uh, a lot of the East Texas guys that if you're really good in Lufkin, most likely you went to A uh, and M. Only person that kind of didn't was Dez, but. Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, going to Oak State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um That's right, he is from Lufkin. We actually there's a sorry to cut you off. There's mm-hmm. a there's a guy I study with here from Lufkin. Oh, really? I actually grew up in Lufkin, Nacogdoches, that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's SFA stuff. And mm-hmm. he actually did his undergrad at Texas State, but he's here getting a PhD as well. Oh, oh that's and he grew up with cool. Dez. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, Dez is kinda like the the face of Lufkin. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty cool. But um so you were thinking, you were thinking maybe A and M at one point. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I was a I was a huge A and M fan. Didn't even really know the, about the track program honestly until like senior year. I think I saw something on YouTube or something about they. they at that point, they were winning national championships back to back to back. So I went on a visit. And didn't really like the visit. They just kind of, I don't know if they're 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 more obviously more of a sprint school. I think they're they've kind of moved over a little bit to jumps now. 
But I mean, I just it just didn't give me the vibe. It wasn't cool. It wasn't a, a, a great experience for me. So then I when I went to tech, I mean, I'd already had my mind like, all right, I'm gonna see what they have to offer. I really wanna come here and like as long as it's not terrible, I'm pretty much gonna go here. And uh it was um kinda went on the visit. I, st- I got a family kind of family vibe. It kinda smelled like a small felt like a small school, but uh, like it's a Division One Big Twelve school, so I kind of got the small kind of family vibe. So once after that, I was like, all right, I'm probably gonna commit, and I ended up committing later at the end of the year. Okay, and how how did your visit go? And I and I you don't need to give me distinct differences like, oh, Tech was so much better than A and M at this. Mm-hmm. I just like how do how was Tech, and what did you like about it on the visit? Oh, uh, well, for one, West Texas is it kind of remind me. Of kind of like my family being a military family, uh, very, you know, I'm very respectful. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir, ma'am. Uh, things like that. But then you get to West Texas, and like everybody's nice. Like it's a different type of nice in in West Texas. Like it almost kind of scares you, even when you come from a very disciplined, kind of respectful family. It's like, like if they see you with a double T on and they feel like you're an athlete. They're going to stop and ask you and ask you how, you know, how's training going, this, this, and that. Or, like, if you're just in the shopping center, they're going to ask you, you know, how your day is, like, random people. So that, that um t- that I mean, the Lubbock community is one thing, and then obviously fans are the one of the best in the country. And then, um, but more importantly, you know, I, I remember just watching, like, the Sprint group and um, – it's still the spring group is still not it wasn't as close as it is now, but it was still really tight. I mean, they everyone everyone kind of fed off each other from the men's to the women's and things like that. And then the jump jumps crew was really cool and really kind of kind of brought me in, maybe trying to make me feel as comfortable as possible. So I think that was a honestly probably the the, the big difference between you know all my other visits in tech. Well, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the fact that you felt that coming here on the visit. I mean, that is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I I made a visit to come out here before I decided to do my PhD here, and it was the same type of vibe. Yeah, uh, it was like you're, you you kind of like you're taken back kind of yeah, a little yeah, bit how exactly. nice people are. And like, exactly. Yeah. You kind of look at me like, what's your play here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you don't even like like you'll find yourself they'll ask like questions like like almost like you want to open up. They want to know really about your yeah. life, and it's like. Like sometimes you're like, I don't think I want to tell you everything, but it's not to like be in your business. It's yeah. like they generally, oh, if if something like for instance, if you go to talk to anybody or they decide to sit you down and talk you about your life, and you actually like tell them some bad things that happen, they're literally like, oh, well, let me pray for you mm-hmm. and this, this, and that. Don't know you from Adam, like and mm-hmm. that's just how it is. I love it. That's so true. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, after I had moved here, it was after uh, this might have just been last fall. I was getting an oil change. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even wearing any Texas Tech gear or anything, but I was sitting there and my car's getting worked on. And this guy's in there. He's like, "Hey!" And it was after a Thursday night football game, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a comeback. Like Texas Tech uh, came from behind. I can't believe I can't remember who we played, but it was a good game. Mm-hmm. And this guy doesn't know me, and he's like, "Hey, you, you see the game last night?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, "Yeah, I did actually." He's like, "Man, that was something else, wasn't it?" Yeah. And he just like wanted to keep talking. We ended up getting interrupted by uh, the people that were working there because like, one of our cars were finished, but. It was just it's that it's that style. Yeah, yeah. Left and right here in Lubbock, I totally agree. Uh, okay, so I mean, that makes a lot of sense why you wanted to come out to Tech. I mean, it's it's kind of this family vibe. Mm-hmm. It's this really, it's a large family but a small community. Exactly. Yeah. It's like kind of interchangeable that way. Um, that's that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and so then we kind of talked about your degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, did we did did you cover what you got your master's degree in? Uh, sports management. Okay, so that was here in this. Was that here in this building? Or no, 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 no that no. was kinesiology. Kinesiology. That's right. That's yeah. right. So how how was that? What made you? I mean, it's probably obvious what prompted you to do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, being wanting to like a, a big old mind is eventually be an athletic director of a high school. So I kind of wanted to see what sports like sports major, things like that kind of fit in line with that. And uh, sports management was the one. Actually, going back, I think I would have taken more electives in the mass comm, though, because I took one with uh, one class with Jody 
Robinson. Yeah. She, you know, she produces this and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that class was amazing. I mean, that, I mean, other, I, I think for, um, for what I do now, as an athlete, I think mass comm is great, and I think I like going back. I probably would take like two or three more classes. Yeah, because it just shows like it, they talk about you know the social media aspect, the communication aspect, and nowadays you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be famous to you know, people nowadays are getting famous. Obviously, getting famous on Instagram, but like people are getting salaries and people are getting paid and getting sponsorships like big corporate sponsorships just based off their social media and things like that so i think this this mass comm kind of would set you up really good for that yeah i 100 percent agree in fact mm -hmm. this 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 idea for this podcast was kind of born out of that it was probably the same class mm -hmm. uh from that jody taught that's how i met jody i took her class and i had this idea i was like i kind of want to get going with podcasts like i think it'd be really cool mm -hmm. to kind of get like sports stories going and and she was oh she she Took it, took it and ran with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, this she's wouldn't. In, yeah, she's intense about that. I really like it. Yeah, it's amazing, and and this wouldn't be possible without her at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm very appreciative of that. And she's just great to work with. She has all sorts of contacts. But anyway, it's mm -hmm. yeah, they, they they lay a good foundation in that class of like opportunities are endless. Like mm -hmm. if you want to get into sports, you can. Yeah. And what's so funny about it is that Jody's like kind of cynical about sports mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I love is that it's like it's really genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, like she. She tells you, she's like, I mean, listen, like, I kind of hate working with, like, in sports functions because there's just this and that and mm -hmm. whatever. And But she's like, but, you know, because because she says that, you know she's telling you the truth about everything. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's great. Uh, so you came two degrees now. So let's, let's get into more about your high jumping. Because okay. obviously something big happened to you about a year ago. You probably know what I'm referencing. And that was probably pretty scary for you. Mm-hmm. You you was it an ankle injury? It was a big uh, big injury that tibia tibia. Uh, so yeah, my shin more on the shin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, luckily it was actually a blessing in disguise. But um, looking at it now, so right after um, right after I kind of had like the senior year of my life. So when um, I lost the meet in February and didn't lose a meet again until. Uh, USA trials, but you know, one conference, I mean, one Big 12 conference, one indoor nationals, then kind of went through the season one, um, one outdoor conference, outdoor nationals, uh, and then went to the USA trials, made the uh, world championship team, went to Beijing, uh, before Beijing, went to London, went to San, what is it, uh, Costa Rica, San Juan, uh huh, um. And then went to Worlds, and I went to Stockholm, Sweden, and Zurich. Kind of went, you wow. know, any. I had a, a crazy, crazy, crazy great uh, kind of end of my senior year. And then come the fall, like, okay, I'm ready. I'm really ready to kind of take this thing off in the professional world. And then I started jumping. I was like, my shin kind of hurts. Okay, whatever. And then thinking maybe like shin splints or something like that. Yeah, but I knew it was a little different. But I just felt like. Nor, like I've never really had I I had a uh, chipped a bone in my ankle when I was young, but I haven't really had any major injuries. So I'm like, all right, I'll just heal. And then, so the next week I kind of go through all fall training and get to like December. And by the end of December, right before I'm leaving for break, I'm like, okay, I can't jump. Like I'm like, all right, I'm done. I need to go do something. So then I go see a doctor. And I think January, February, get some CT scans, MRIs, come back. I have like 10 stress fractures in my tibia. 10 stress yeah. fractures. I said at least 10 in the, um, in the report. And so I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? They're like, well, you know, you can just sit for a while and then um, they can heal, try six to eight weeks or something like that or four weeks, things like that. Or you can, you know, get a rod in your shin and stuff like that. And, and they were like, but we can give you a bone stimulator, so try that. And I was like, okay. So from about February to, to February, March, April, I'm doing bike workouts and, and using my bone stimulator every day. So at that point, I come back, and I'm like, all right, I feel all right. And then... About a week, week of training, a week of training on the ground. 
uh, it comes back even worse. And I'm just like, okay, this this is ridiculous. So uh, I get, you know, try to back off again, do it again, same thing, a little bit worse. And then um, I come to the decision. I'm like, all right, well, what do you kind of like about track? I mean, I was like, well, I, I feel like I like the process. Like, I'm very impatient in the process, but um, I, lo- I love the process of training. I love the process of nutrition. I love the process of being disciplined. I love trying to be more disciplined than my opponent, train smarter than my opponent, because in track, you training harder doesn't always mean you'll do jump, you know, jump higher or run faster, things like that. So, um, and I really wanted to be healthy. And I actually, I still had the A standard for the Olympic trials. So all I had to do is get to the trials, finish top three, and I'm going. But only five people or six people had the standard. So I had to basically get there and beat three people. So then I kept trying. It was completely doable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing that I had jumped 7A, and I think the next next best PR or that season within the last two years was like 7'6". So um, uh, I keep training. So then it gets to a point where it's, it's really bad. And I'm like, I, this this one, I'm in boot in, in a boot, and I've been in a boot for three, four weeks, and then I come back, and it's still bad. So I decided um, end of May or right around June that I was like, nah, I'm going to just call it and have the surgery. So I had the surgery, um, missed Olympic trials, Hindsight, obviously, is 2020. I would have went to the trials, but even now, because you're in a pretty good place right now. Yeah. So even now, you say in hindsight, you would have gone to the trials. Just because how it played out, um, it was it was raining. Uh, two or three of the people that had the standard didn't even make it out of prelims. So now, and uh, you just had to clear one bar in the prelim. That <laughs> it was raining so bad that they just said, "All right, I think the the the, the final size was a 14." Uh, 14 people go, but they end up letting more than the 14 or more than the 12 that they had said just because literally it was pouring pouring raining. Um, If you go and watch the 100-meter hurdle final, you'll see, like, the girls were talking about in the interview, they couldn't even see. Like, it was that bad. They were, like, squeegeeing the thing, the water off the track track between every jump. It was pretty bad. So all you had to clear is one bar. So that took, like, two or three people out that had the standard. So now there's like, I think f- four people that have the standard, and um, and so my teammate Bradley Atkins he got third and he made the Olympic team, and then this other guy got second but he didn't have the standard so he couldn't go. So a guy that got like fifth got the standard. Those are the only people that had the standard. So basically, if I would have went there, kind of been able to get out of the prelim. But my thing is, and that's why I say hindsight maybe, but I don't know how good I would have been the second day. I don't know if I would have been good enough to put myself in a position to kind of beat that last guy that I need mm-hmm. to be to get there. So, um, But I think hindsight, I would have, I would have went for it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gutsy. And I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah, and then so uh, the just because Olympics are every four years and I probably right. got the surgery right after. But, I mean – now I'm in the position kind of still kind of dealing with a little bit of the the shin a little bit, but uh, uh, definitely getting ready and prepared for the world championships this year. Yeah, the world championships in London, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're and you're actually you've by the grace of God have bounced back pretty mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Uh, considering your injury, your surgery, and where you're at right now. I mean, yeah. I, I was looking it up, and you were. I mean, you were right back. I think like one of your first jumps after the surgery was like right around seven two, seven four, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I jumped my last, actually my first competition. I jumped standard seven six and three quarters. That was right after surgery. Right. Well, right after my first, yeah, me right after my surgery went seven six three quarters two thirty, which is the standard. So now I think it's two people in the U.S. with the standard. So now you know you go to trials. You know, God willing, nothing happens. You know, you clear a bar or two. If there's only two or you finish top two, obviously my goal is always to finish top three to secure a spot. But worst case scenario, you have a bad day. If there's only two people with the standard, those two are going. You just have to, you know, make it. 
Um, so I was busting. Then I went to indoor U.S. trials where I jumped like seven one. I didn't really do well, and uh, kind of backed off and been training since. And I'll probably either open up at the end of the end of the month, the home meet, or next month. I kind of haven't decided yet. Gotcha. Okay, so you're going to London in May, right? Uh, August. August. Excuse me. Trial trials will be in June. Trials will be in June for mm-hmm. London. For London, yes. And where will those be held? Uh, Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento. I think it's Sacramento State University. I think. Have you been to Sacramento before? Uh, I went my junior year. My junior year, I I went there. Uh, I'm trying to think. I made a NACAC team, so I I think I ended up jumping like seven three or something like that. Right around there, and made a, a NACAC team with the North America, Canadian, and Caribbean team, an under twenty three team. That was yeah, right after my junior year. Gosh, I've been to Sacramento as well. Yeah, it's a nice. I I, I really don't remember it. Like I don't, I don't it's remember smaller anything. Than you think. Yeah, I, honestly, I just like looking back. I just remember hotel, and I remember the track was like green and yellow. Other than that, <laughs> it's it's it's. I I don't really have too many memories. I remember, like if I look back, I I remember the competition. I remember what people wore in competition. I just don't remember me. I remember a little bit jumping, but I just I, I think I, I got like sixth place, but I don't remember too much about the city or anything. Uh, no, I, so I actually did a little tour. We went to the Capitol and everything. I was that's a long story. I won't even get into it. It's yeah. kind of funny how I ended up in Sacramento, but it's just the whole city is a lot smaller than you think, especially if you've been to like San Francisco and the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Our place is huge, beautiful, right on the coast. Sacramento is more inland. It's like it's pretty muggy, mm-hmm. and it was hot when I was there. Uh, I would imagine maybe yeah the, it was really hot yeah I remember it was really hot that day so maybe the humidity helps you jump a little higher I don't know or maybe, uh, maybe not uh, <laughs> well I don't know I know I know the heat I like I like it when it's really hot like if it's 95 let's go like I I rather be 95 wow. than 70 like yeah. I'm, I'm I like I like being warm I like staying warm and stuff like that so heat is definitely good for me and so I think I think. Uh, like and that's what when we when you go to Oregon, most of the time championships are in Oregon. You just never know in Oregon. Yeah. It can be like I actually every time I've been, it's in pretty good weather. Nationals and uh, USA trials, but uh, it's never reaching ninety though. In Oregon, uh, I don't think right. It's it's been about eighty five. Really, it's pretty much been eighty five the times I've been there or right. At, yeah, yeah, pretty much like 85, or maybe it's been like 82, but it's so humid. There. And it's it humid, feels, and it makes it feel warmer. It makes it feel warmer, but the day, the time I didn't go, it was like 50s and raining. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. And then it cleared up right after the competition. Oh, go yeah, figure, right? Bad. Man, that's well, that's exciting. So you so you got the quals for London in June. Best of luck with that, for sure. Yeah, thank you. And so... Let's look at this timeline long, far ahead. To make 2020 Olympics, mm-hmm. when do qualifying? Two months before the Olympics. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Because it, I heard, I think, like, gymnastic is, like, way before, and some other events are, like, way before track. It's literally two months. Every If a championship's in August, it's going to be done in June or July, like the qualifying. And that's for every major championship. So next year there will be indoor championships, um, indoor World Championships, I think it's in Birmingham. I think. I'm pretty sure it's in Birmingham. But that qualifying is lit a week before. I think, yeah, a week before um, before the championships. But there is no outdoor championships next year. And then the year after that is outdoors. And then uh, the year after that, 2020, will be the Olympics. So you're going to be busy. Yeah, Pope's all need to be. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Definitely want to be. Uh so are they are they going to broadcast the World Championships in August in London? Uh yeah, I'm sure. Ooh, well. Um they'll be online for sure. Uh I'm I'm pretty sure like MSNBC or something will do something with the Olympics, but I know it's not as big as um obviously the Olympics where like right. there was one channel it was going on Constant. all day. Yeah. I I don't think it'll be that big, but I know online for sure you can find like live uh, live feeds of the meet. Right. So I'm gonna have to follow you on Twitter so I can get that notification when yeah. you're on uh, when you're like looking at to just yeah. to, to start competing because I I really want to see that. Really yeah, I definitely have to drop that because I because like I said other than 
the Olympics, it's it's kind of like track, like all track athletes, whenever they go to meets, they got to put the feed on the Twitter because if not, nobody usually knows how to kind of get it. Very true, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm one of those people. <laughs> uh, all right. So that, that that's great. You bounce back from the injury and everything. Like, I... Really happy for you here at Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you representing a big school and everybody. So there's a lot of people pulling for you. Um, I wanted to know, kind of, and you you kind of referenced this a little because you played basketball four mm-hmm. years in high school. What, how does high jump translate to other sports? And I, I mean, like, were you always just like able to jump? Were you dunking at like age ten? Like, no, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was always a person that liked to you know jump, and that was kind of like. I want to be like the first person to dunk or whatever, and I, I, I ended up dunking like my freshman year, and I think it was more of a, honestly, I I think it was more of a coordination th- deal. Seeing that I could dunk, but I could only high jump five six, like that that doesn't really make any sense, especially at that age. And I was like five ten, so I'm I, five ten right now. So I I kind of hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so uh, yeah, like five ten. I mean. I should have been able to to obviously high jump higher than that. And it was crazy. I think it was more of a coordination deal because literally, like, I dunk with one hand and then dunk with two hands in the same day of me, like, junk, uh, dunking. So Of I, you, like, just trying to dunk. Yeah, yeah. Like, time. I mean, I was trying, but it just never kind of went through. Like, I went through my whole basketball season. I was like, oh, I couldn't dunk. And then right after, um, or no, was it, it wasn't basketball season. It was before basketball season. I think it was before, and then I, I, I couldn't dunk, and then I went to the varsity gym, and then, I don't know, it just worked out. And then after that, I was I was pretty much dunking since. But to kind of answer your question, jumping does correlate, but there's a whole lot more uh, that goes into high jumping. Just because I know they said, like, um, Aaron Gordon or something. I think his name from Orlando Magic. They yeah. said he could, like, high jump 7-7, seven, seven, which – completely false for one you can't jump off two feet and two like he kind of pushed off on the ball a little bit but um he won the dunk contest yeah uh, he, it was two years in a row i mean he just won a year ago I yeah know i think it was a year ago yeah. it wasn't this last one it wasn't it, this last one. yeah the yeah. last one he had won the dunk contest and uh they kind of said he could jump seven seven. If any, if anybody could jump seven seven, it would have been zach levine just because how he comes off the ground and things oh, like yeah. that um but that's only that's a small portion. There's people that can jump higher than me, but just can't high jump higher than me. There's people that can dunk a whole lot better than me that are high jumpers and things like that. But that, but I have a PR that's higher than them. And so it kind of shows there's more that goes into its coordination. It's can you uh, get your back to the bar? Do you have a good arch over the bar? Things like that that kind of determine if you can jump high. Now, but if you can do all those parts. And you can dunk a basketball really, and you can jump off the ground uh, really high and stuff like that. It's definitely a plus. Yeah, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. there's just a lot more mechanics that go into it than just jumping high. Exactly. Yeah. So, the what was I gonna ask? The oh, how how uh, how high is your vertical? Um, I think I did it. I think we did it sophomore year. I haven't jumped uh, sophomore year. It's like thirty. It's either, I want to say 38. I want to say it's 38 because one, I got beat by this other guy. He went like 39. It's either 38 or 37 because I remember another guy went 30, 30, either 38 or 39. He went an inch higher than me. Mm. But it also, high jump for me uh, or for everyone, you jump off one foot. So, And I'm not a good two-footed jumper at all. So, I mean, it's more of a momentum thing for me. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... That does. We're gonna start kind of wrapping it up here, but I wanna, I wanna ask you some, just kind of rapid fire type right. questions, right? Just mm-hmm. to get to know you a little better. But this interview has been awesome. Seriously, thank you so much for making yeah, no time problem. and thanks for having me. For sure, we're excited and we're we're excited for your future and everything. And in all honesty, I mean, you may look back at your decision to not go for the Olympic qualifiers and think it might have been a good one, just mm-hmm. because. The rain and everything, the injury, like so much could have happened. Yeah, 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 on. exactly. And that's that's kind of one of the things, um, kind of reference to the Kevin Ware situ, Kevin Ware yeah, from Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Um, Where uh, I went to just, the, and just to reference that real quick, so people know what we're talking about. Yeah. It was a, it was a 
what is they what do they call it? The bone actually came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his tibia actually completely fractured. Completely fractured, compound fracture. Uh-huh. So it broke skin just from shooting a three point uh shot in a March Madness tournament game mm-hmm. and landed on it wrong. That's all it took. Yeah. And didn't really land it on I mean I That's think oh he, I think he might have landed on someone's foot, but it wasn't like an extreme no. like happens all the wrote, time. Yeah, exactly. And uh uh I went to so the backstory on that is um USATF they have this like partnership with St. Vincent's Sports Medicine and um it's in Indiana and um they were basically telling me that either they were there or whoever the doctors were there were there at the tournament because he um because they knew they knew he had so many stress fractures and they kind of referenced it to like a, a um a metal wire hanger like if you bend it bend it bend it in one area you feel it it's hot that's kind of a stress fracture. But if you keep bending it, it's going to pop eventually. And so they kind of felt like, you know, your your tibia can fracture at some point. That That's the stress fracture. That's that's what stress fracture is telling you. Like, you keep pounding it, there's a possibility it can fracture. And there's obviously a possibility it can't. But that's kind of like the prerequisite to a, a, a fracture, a fractured tibia. And so they said they were there or whoever the doctor, they were there on site at all the games just because they knew – like this was a possibility. So like a Paul George situation where he was at the um the USA blue versus white mm-hmm. and he dunked and then he's like he had so much force and I think he hit the goal wrong and it forced the tibia to break. That was a little different. But this guy, you know, Kevin Ware, he just had a jump shot and then fractured it. Yeah. And they said it was potentially because of uh the multiple stress fractures. So that's kind of the thing for me that I could have went there and you know, who knows? I could have you know, broke my tibia, you know, completely, which would have been terrible. Set you back way more. Yeah. yeah. So that might have been, yeah, it probably, most likely it's probably blessing in disguise, especially with the weather and things like that. Exactly. I really, I really do. I know you say like hindsight being 2020 and everything yeah. that you would actually still do it. I think, honestly, I think deep down you probably made the right decision. Yeah. And just I think you're up for 2020. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the jumpers, they say like a jumper's, um, like peak age is like 27, 28. So, that I would be what 20, 27? 20? So you'd be twenty five this year, right? Yeah. So, so I'll be twenty. You'll yeah. ju- you'll be twenty seven. You'll yeah, be 27. almost twenty. I checked your birthday. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh yeah. I mean, you have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think you've made it. No matter what you accomplish in your life, that's like one of my biggest accomplishments. <laughs> like honestly, like everyone's like, you made the team. Like yeah, that's cool. Like you're sponsored by Nike. Yeah, that's cool. Like. I have a Wikipedia page. Like that's not going nowhere. No, it's not. No, that's so so like forever in time. Yeah, like I, you know, m- like medals are cool. I mean, obviously, I've won a medal, and it'll probably trump the Wikipedia page getting a medal. Well, I don't have either, so I, I couldn't really. Yeah, say. but like you have a Wikipedia page, like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, like anyone can create a Wikipedia page. Yeah, but yours stayed. Yeah, yeah, mine. They stayed, get rid of those, and I don't know who created it. I didn't create it, <laughs> yeah. so it was cool. Like I think next is like, got to get a blue check. <laughs> there you go. That's right. On, on Twitter. And, yeah. yeah on Twitter. And Instagram. That's right. Uh, but, uh, okay. So I went through your Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and I saw that you said you were starting a new Netflix series. Yeah. What series is that? Iron Fist. I'm already done with it. You're already done with it? Yeah. 13 episodes that. in three days. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you tweeted that out like three days ago. Yeah. 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 I'm, I love I'm, it. That's like, that's pretty much like everyone asks, like, well, what do you do? What do you do? Like, in spare time, like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Like I like I like I like being home. I like being like, if anything, I'm going to like teammates' house and and playing Madden. Other than that, I'm at the house, at the house watching Netflix. Just Netflix. Yeah, man. Netflix and and then now the playoffs will be going. So oh. so got to you know root for the Cavs. Oh, that's your team. That was actually going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. So you like, I noticed you like, you said you like the Eagles, mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles, and I was like, you probably don't like the 76ers. That's mm-hmm. probably not your team because mm-hmm. they're nobody's team. Yeah. Uh, so it's the it's the Cavs. Then. Yeah, I'm more of a LeBron fan than anything. But when he went to Miami, I took my fan to my fanship to Miami with him, and now he's back in Cleveland. I'm a fan of Cleveland. You know, I was actually the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was totally. I, I was a big LeBron fan, and I I still am. Like I still respect him because I really think. If anyone's gonna pass Jordan, and some people believe he has, mm-hmm. I don't believe he has personally, but he's there. He's close. Yeah. If he wins this one, you really can start talking. You really can, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, for the fact that he beat a guy who went seventy two and ten, a team that went seventy two and ten, mind you, they 70, had 73 70, and nine. Seventy three and nine, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um 
The fact that you can beat them. Coming from behind, 3-1. to one. Exactly. And then leading in all statistical categories, everyone was like, well, no, you can't. Everyone, like, they kind of discredited start counting. No, you can't count stats. You need to, like, see like see the game. And they want to, like, well, Ky- it wasn't if it wasn't for Kyrie. And it's like. Whose decision was that, by the way? You hear that story? What? To take the last shot in game seven against the Warriors. They said whose decision LeBron was LeBron said Kyrie, need, Kyrie should shoot. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Yeah, LeBron said Kyrie should take the last shot. Oh, wow. That's something, right? Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, that's something. Well, and that's 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 another thing. It's like you can't they're and like Jordan said, you can't compare their games. The games right. are totally different because he went I remember against Miami was I forget what time, but they end up losing. He goes to the hole and finds a wide open Chris Bosch and everyone ripped him apart for passing the ball. But it's like I'm going I'm going to the lane in the finals where everyone's gonna be there. Most likely not gonna call a foul, but you find a wide open Chris Bosch. Who Who, who makes that a, shot nine yeah, times out of ten? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so he he's a different player. Like Jordan would have, you know, Jordan and Kobe, they would have shot shot it regardless. But I mean I I mean I really wasn't around and really watching basketball heavy when Jordan was playing. But their references to Kobe being as close to Jordan um, yeah. as a player. And he, I've seen him shoot out. He shot, yes, he shot them in a lot of games, but he shot them out of a whole yeah. lot of games. And so, I mean, it's kind of pick your poison. He, he, for me, is probably the most, if you ever want to tailor, teach somebody how to play basketball at a high level, you of all facets of the game, you pick somebody like LeBron. He can give you. He can give you 25. He's going to rebound. He's going to find the open player. He's not going to have a lot of turnovers. And he's going to shoot at a high level, at a very efficient level. So Totally agree. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're going to, like, build a basketball player in a laboratory. Yeah, you you want to build. It's going to basically a, look like LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Russ at this point. but <laughs> That's actually true. I mean, I actually legitimately think I think LeBron – should be MVP every year. Yeah, I think Russell Westbrook legitimately might be the most athletic human being in the world, though. Like yeah. it's insane what he does. Yeah, I see. I think LeBron's the most athletic, but but Russ, like he has a he never stops. his men. Like yeah, I don't. What is his conditioning like? <laughs> like because it's literally he's on a whole nother level conditioning wise. Or does is he able to like slow his heart rate down or something like when he's like driving in the lane? Like I wonder, like they need to, I want they need to connect like it, like him up to like a heart rate monitor during the game because I'm trying to figure out how is this man just hundred percent all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, some something that I don't know his his conditioning and his mentality is like his 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 conditioning matches his his mentality. Like, all right, I'm tired, but I got to score, so like you won't even like nobody knows yeah. when he's tired. Yeah, so that takes priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> totally, yeah, so true. Wish I had that in the fall. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, actually, you're gonna hate hearing this, but I'm like, so I love LeBron and everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, let me tell you this real quick, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna apologize to Jody because she's probably gonna cut a lot of this out. Yeah. But uh, I love this conversation. I yeah, want to keep yeah. it going. Uh, what the biggest argument that LeBron has for him, I think, is mm-hmm. the fact that when he got drafted by the Cavs, they immediately made the playoffs. And then when he left to Miami, the Cavs were the worst team in the NBA and had the first pick mm-hmm. because they were the worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Leaves Miami back for Cleveland. They don't make the playoffs with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. I mean, that, yeah. that, that impact is insane. And then you want to bring Jordan into the conversation, mm-hmm. which, who I still think is the greatest. But think about Jordan on the Bulls in the 90s takes his baseball sabbatical or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. And they still made the playoffs. They still made the Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah. Like, they were still, like, fighting for the finals. Yeah. And then I think before he didn't make the playoffs, and then he made it one round or something like that, or something like that. But then when he got Scottie Pippen, then they kind of took off. But mm-hmm. then when he left, Scottie Pippen still was doing yeah, pretty good. doing well. And then they obviously they, they made it as far as they did, like, that's what I, I don't yeah. people just don't understand and the 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 personal aspect like he doesn't have any issues you know he has he has a you it's know very has, underrated about him yeah he has he has a he has you know one wife kids you don't hear him in in the, like in the streets with anyone else you never nothing's really came up crazy against Business all odds wise, yeah oh, yeah and then and then he doesn't I mean business wise well he's yeah it's crazy. he's doing stuff I, I, his shoes are 
extreme or high price, but his he's doing stuff that um I, for some I, I don't know. I mean, everyone was wearing Jordans back then, so I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure on a numbers aspect, he's probably doing just as much as Jordan did from a numbers aspect, if not more. Yeah. So I think, I think and then and then he has all these different shows and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, if you want to tailor somebody to how to be a professional athlete and how to market yourself, like it's LeBron, and he didn't even go to college. Yeah, that's like, it's insane, right? Yeah, and came from a, a, a inner city where they don't teach none of that. They didn't have you know marketing class. No, he just got that, and then him and his friends. So that's yeah, strong argument, really, and. Yeah. To go even a little bit further, the fact that he was raised by a single mother exactly. and everything. Like, that that's the most underrated aspect of who LeBron is, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, like... Just seriously, like, most situations, people fold. Mm-hmm. Like, he just think that's me against the world and the world's going to win. But yeah. that, he conquered it. Exactly. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's Plus, really crazy. your team, Nike. Mm-hmm. So I think you, like, literally sponsored by Nike, you're mm-hmm. almost contractually obligated to cheer for other fellow Nike people, right? LeBron. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if me <laughs> yeah. personally, like, they would really care if I, like, obviously I'm not going to go out and yeah. put a, uh, put an Under Armour Adidas, something like yeah. that. Of course not. But, I mean, Nike obviously being the number one brand, you definitely support other Nike people and obviously people in the in the Nike umbrella. So it would be cool to, like, in a perfect situation, like, get on a photo or something with, like, people that you admired and stuff, like, growing up. So that's that, that actually might be another small goal for me. Yeah, there you go. Hey, that's yeah. a good one. That's yeah. a really good one. I'm Team Nike as well, as oh, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I got my Air, Air Maxes. Maxes here. What are those, the 95? I'm not even sure, but they're my favorite Air Maxes. I know that. I buy my Air Maxes all the time. I just never know the year. Yeah. These are the favorite, my favorite ones I've ever had, actually. Yeah. All the older Nike, all the older Air Maxes are so oh. much better than the new they ones. Hold I up. like, uh, yeah, they hold up, and they're actually a good shoe, yeah. like, and they last long. Like, the new ones, they look nice. They really do, but they don't have that structure. They don't. And then... They, Kind of the classic shoe is kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. I feel like so. I, I don't know. I'm a huge like '95s, '98s uh, Air Max yeah. person. Yeah, I wish I could tell you which these were specifically, but yeah, I'm, they're they're in that era. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, and I got a book to recommend. I don't know if you like reading mm-hmm. or if you have access to audiobooks or anything, because I actually listen to the whole thing. Because a lot of times I don't have time to sit down and read. Yeah. I'm always going whatever, mm-hmm. and if I have sit- time to sit down and read, it's because I'm studying. Yeah. The Shoe Dog. Uh, it's not the shoe dog. It's just called shoe dog, mm-hmm. but it's the Phil Knight autobiography. Okay. Well, and, and what you, is it about? He started Nike. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I got you, got you, got you. And is it kind of like the about the like origins oh, of totally. it? Totally, all oh, of it. Okay, okay. It's like talks about him like finishing up running at Oregon. Mm-hmm. He went and got a business degree from Stanford. A lot of people forget that Stanford has a strong Phil Knight connection too, and so that's why Nike's all up in Stanford and everything because mm-hmm. they've got the Phil Knight business school named after him at Stanford. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it goes through all that and how he how he teamed up with uh, Bill Bowerman, who mm-hmm. was the track coach at Honestly, Oregon. He's yeah. a legend. Mm-hmm. And Bill Bowerman was the one that was constantly like trying to evolve the technology of the shoe, like the running shoe with Nike and everything. Yeah. And Phil Knight was the one that went across seas like he had deals with Japan. And it was kind of that manufacturing thing we we're talking about. He would get shoes for super cheap over there, mm-hmm. bring them to the States and sell them. Yeah. It's a fascinating story. Yeah. I think if you, if I mean, it's, it's, it's called what? Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Talks about that whole evolution, everything, and how all the struggles that he went through and, and how Nike is just huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge. Like, it, at this point, it's, it's competing for second. And it probably will be, at least probably until probably all of us die. Cause I mean, it's just, for one, even on the track world, there's so many more people sponsored by Nike than, Every uh, than any other you know company, and just I mean, if you go look at the stocks, that would tell you like mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a competition for Absolutely. a second at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. Uh, all right, so we covered the Netflix series. What was it again? Uh, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah, it's a Marvel. Uh, okay. Marvel. It's kind of like which is I didn't really get it until like midway through the season. Do, have you seen Luke Cage? I heard about it. Okay, so there's a woman in Luke Cage, and I'm guessing. She's gonna be like, I think it's like it was just good because it's a Netflix original, but it's Marvel, so she was in Luke Cage, and then she was kind of like a, kind of, probably like the third person on like obviously the, for the lead roles for Iron Fist. I'm thinking they're just gonna keep kind of bringing her around because mm-hmm. she's a doctor that kind of got in trouble for 
doing like some legal things, but I think she's gonna bring her throughout the like Marvel series, and then they're gonna like bring them all together. That's what I'm thinking. It's kind of cool how they do that whole universe thing because mm-hmm. like I think Luke Cage came out of Jessica Jones, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know because Jessica Jones is a Netflix original Marvel thing. Got think, you. And I could be totally wrong here. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, and then where? So just a couple more things and we'll wrap up mm-hmm. where was your favorite place to compete away from texas tech um both international or, or just period anywhere yeah period uh, or you I, could do you could do domestic versus international so uh, between texas relays and oregon 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 just oregon understands track like obviously but Texas relays is probably probably a close second but overseas zurich anybody will tell you that um, well, I haven't been a whole lot of places, but I mean, I have been, but not compared to like a lot of people that's been on the circuit. But everyone says Zurich is the best. Like Zurich, it like you come out of a tunnel. There's fire coming up. They announce everyone kind of at, uh, at the same time, or each person at a different, but all at the same time. And then they have like you train, like you warm up areas underneath the track, and um, the um, it's like a a metal. So so the fans that are on, like, the front row, they have these, like, metal tin things that are all around. All they do is bang on it, right? And so when you're underneath, it feels like you're about to go, like, to, like, the Gladiator or something <laughs> because, because like, it's just straight thundering, thundering, thundering. This all, is in Zurich? Yeah, this is in Zurich. Wow. And then, mind you, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, so much space, so much like old vintage houses, and mm-hmm. and you don't you see these things later, but uh, which things like that they probably don't even care about. They don't have um, they don't have uh, wire, not wire, telephone poles, and that's most overseas. They do it under underground, mm-hmm. and so it's I don't know. Zurich is by far the most beautiful place, and probably the best fans. I don't know if it's because they like. They allow drinking and stuff like that. It's crazy, but oh man, they, it, it, it that their fan base and everything is is great over there. That's awesome. Yeah. You make it out to Geneva while you're there. Nah, I see, hear- that's another thing, and that's what people have told me. It's like I'm like a person like, and I have to change that. If I don't jump well, I'm not doing anything. But then there there's people that have told me they're like, you can't do that because. You're gonna leave track. You never know, like track in a year from now. And obviously, me being stress fractured, might you know, you never know. God willing, it doesn't happen. But my career could be over, you know, next week. And then I went to all these places, but don't really have too many memories. I remember Stockholm. I walked around in Zurich. I did too, but I didn't really sightsee like I wanted to. But they said once you go back to these circuits, like you have to do things, win, lose, or draw, because at the end of your career. You're gonna remember the competitions, but you're gonna remember statues that you saw. You're gonna be to have pictures of you in all these places to kind of share with other people. Because, and just for yourself, like you don't you don't want to just be straight track. And that's what I'm kind of learning is when I go and travel. It's like, all right, I gotta go do something. I gotta go. What's 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 big in the city? Go, you know, check it out, take a picture, and kind of develop a memory. That's some great advice, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you just got to compartmentalize. Right? Yeah. You got to say, this is, I'm dedicating these few hours. It's all track. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try my hardest. And I'm, and if it works out, great. Yeah. If not, it's uh, the added bonus is the fact that I'm already out here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and I'm going to take the next few hours to just be out here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. In fact, uh, Phil Knight did his tour across Europe before he started Nike. Like he did this whole thing where he went around the world and he actually kind of started his business deal on this tour with Japan. But he did he started in Japan, but then he went all the way in Europe, like Italy, and he's he remembers that Italy had like such a huge impact on him and mm-hmm. Greece and all those places. And the whole you know, Nike term is victory mm-hmm. in Greek. And he remembered going back someone else introduced the word Nike to him mm-hmm. that worked with him. Well, but he remember if he got paid. Oh he did. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. one of the this is one of like this premier stockholders at the beginning. Oh, okay, got you, got you, got you. And uh, he remembers going back and, like, thinking about the impact that Greece had on him, and he's just like, that feels right. Mm -hmm. He's like, that feels right. And I loved those stories that I heard about all those ancient victories and things like that. Oh, wow. You got to read the book, man. Yeah, I'm definitely, if I do it, I'm going to audio it. Yeah, you should. Because I'm not a a big reader. I just don't, 
like whenever I read, I feel like I gotta go to sleep. So, but audio, I do like listen to audios and stuff like that. So I definitely, yeah. But it's called the Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog, yeah. If I I have it through an Audible account that mm-hmm. I share with like family and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wish I could lend it to you, but mm-hmm. yeah, try and get a hold of it. And seriously, I mean, it's it's some of those like anytime you're on a plane, bust it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's yeah, that easy. It'd be, yeah, it'd be so easy. Yeah, and then. I, I oh I always ask this question because I always love like it's it's West Texas I gotta know yeah what's your favorite place to eat in Lubbock? Oh, let's see I'm kind of basic so Texas probably Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, that is basic, man. Yeah, yeah, just pretty <laughs> basic. <laughs> That's funny. Like, um, they well, have Texas Roadhouse in Utah. Come on, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't honestly. I need to. Do you know like some just. West Texas places. There's a ton of That's, them. Yeah, so there's. But I just don't. There's this place called the Shack. The Shack. Yeah. In fact, I'm probably gonna go there for lunch this Friday with some friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a barbecue place. It's only open like a few days of the week. I mean, it's majority. Oh, yeah. See, of the those week. are the ones you want to go legit. to. Yeah, exactly. those are the ones you want to go to where they're only open for like three hours and stuff like that. Like until the meat's gone. Uh-huh. And they, the days they're closed, they're spending smoking all the stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. I, see, but I, the thing is, like, I need to. That's another thing. Like I, during during in season, I try not to go and and go to like like bad places to eat. But then like off season, it's just like there's just so many things I want to get in, and I don't have enough. Like I feel like I don't have enough time to just eat. Because if I did it like really how I wanted to, it'd be terrible breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I I feel like I just can't do that. So I try to make it like a dinner and then like space it out, then another dinner. Mm -hmm. And then so, but I go to all like the basic places. So I go to Texas Roadhouse, you know, Sonic. I'll get a a, a Oreo Sonic Blast, something like that. But by the time I get that, I can't even get to the old like mom and pop shops that are really good and things like that. So I definitely need to definitely need to get on the shack and uh, good luck with everything in 2020. Olympics, we'll be watching you. World Championships coming up. I guess you got to take every step of the way. So mm-hmm. good luck at World Championships this year, but then really long-term Olympics. I'll be ecstatic watching you. Man. All right, Jacorian, good luck, man. All right, thank you.